Welcome back to Future Founders Lab. In this episode, we talk to Kasha Pazny, co-founder and CEO of Air Traffic Awareness, a Kansas City startup providing an in-flight, streamlined user interface for pilots to prevent any risk of collision. Kashev, thanks for joining us today. How are you? Well, thank you for having me, Billy. I'm doing very well. How about yourself? I'm great. I'm caffeinated. Um, I'm assuming you are too. I sure am. So what is your coffee of choice? Coffee Coffee of choice. You know, you're asking a trained barista. Very, very cool and tricky. Uh, I can take the whole hour on coffee telling you, which is my favorite. But in the interest of time, I would say a chai latte. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is that a coffee? We'll count it. (laughs) Low caffeinated? Depends, yeah. It's got caffeine, it's hot, it'll work. Yeah. All right. Soothing. So why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, my God, Billy, this is a tough question, Um, but uh, let's try to do some justice over here. So I am an East Coast transplant into Kansas City, and uh, I consider myself in the U.S. from New York. I am originally from Pakistan. I was born and raised in Pakistan. I lived a bit of my life in the Middle East, in Abu Dhabi, and then uh, I've been here for about I would like to say a quarter of a century almost in the U.S. And um, skipping all the details in between and coming to Kansas City was in January of 2013. And before that few months, you know, I was just flirting with the idea of moving out over here. But it was all serendipitous. And now I consider myself a Kansan. Uh, someone who loves Kansas. And uh, so that's my geographical or GPS details. But um, um, since this is um, a Future Founders Lab uh, uh, podcast, uh, focusing on my entrepreneurship, actually, it all happened because Kaufman Foundation, which is uh, for the listeners, the largest uh, organization endowment-wise in the entire world who pumps money throughout entrepreneurship and to entrepreneurs uh, in, uh, had their global entrepreneurship week, which still happens throughout the world. And it was 2012 when Google Fiber came to the area. There's a lot of you know noise uh, throughout the world, I would say, because Kansas City was picked up as a city of their choice to test out their super-duper fra- fast internet. And um, So in midst of all that action, I think it was September 2012, I was invited um, in a panel discussion here with the then mayor of Kansas City, Sly James. And uh, I I was on the panel and I was fresh out of Singularity University in um, Silicon Valley. So I came up with all these crazy ideas, trying to impress the audience that how much I know and, you know, in the Midwest, a flyover state and all that. So I came up with all these robotics and artificial intelligence and machine learning and internet of things. And all these, you know, my my bucket was full of these uh, crazy um, far-fetched ideas. And then uh, I was enticed to, and I was doing a startup then in in Silicon Valley. Um, it I just started, and uh, I was also working in the government in Washington D.C. So I was basically shuttling between the East and the West. And here you go. I I decided to move to the Midwest in uh, January of 2013, 
And I did a startup over here at that time, uh, which has been the healthiest exit so far in my portfolio. Um, but unfortunately, it did not, uh, it didn't exit here. It exited on the West Coast. So, I mean, I can keep talking about what happened after that and after that and after that. And it's 2021 and I'm still here going strong and I've done tons of ventures in between. So I think I will stop here, Billy. So yeah, there's plenty. <laughs> what made you stay in the Midwest? Riley, I mean, it's always the people, I would say. It's not about the place. Um, I think the people of Kansas, um, the soothness of uh, the environment, the conduciveness of, uh, I would say the conduciveness in a way like people are, people have time. And once, if you are from New York, as I told that I consider myself from New York or Washington, D.C. or Boston area, uh, you know, you, it's, it has a very, you know, cool effect on you when you get this kind of like a paucity in life and you can reflect back and think deeper. And I think uh, unknowingly it happened to me, but very consciously I enjoy this quietness and silence. And with all the pros and cons, by the way, it's not everything is hunky-dory or uphill and upshotish, but there are some, you know, serious um, uh, issues with the ecosystem here, which can be bettered. But um, I was enticed by the mayor, the then mayor, to bring my startup over here on the Missouri side of uh, the state line, and uh, I... Which 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 mean, meant some tax breaks and all that stuff. So there was some financial um, carrots, uh, which I enjoyed. Uh, it is it was unfortunate that uh, uh, that the startup was not resonated the way I felt initially it would with the people here. But um, but yeah, I mean you know I, I held my ground and here you go. I have another wonderful startup these days. Very very local. Did it. Did it take a while for Kansas and Missouri to grow on you or did you like it right when you got here? Definitely took took a while and all my social media contacts, everybody I know and people who know me, they keep asking me, what are you doing in Kansas City? I'm in Kansas City in general, in greater Kansas City. Are you a farmer now? And, you know, believe it or not, when my friends arrive at KCI and um, once I picked them up from the airport and it deliberately drove them through the downtown area because I was coming to Lawrence, Kansas. And um, they saw those, you know, tall buildings on Main Street and all. They're like, what? You guys have a downtown? I said, yes, we do have a downtown. So this kind, this is the, you know, unfortunate or I don't know, a fortunate, um, you know, introduction or perception about Kansas City, what people have, especially on the coasts. Um, and then some of my friends participated in some of the hackathons, uh, you know, under the auspices of uh, uh, Kaufman Foundation or Start a Weekend or Google Fiber. So, yeah, they, and now they understand there is there is some vibrancy here. And, um, you know, entrepreneurship is definitely we have been working on. And I, I tell you, from 2013 to 2021, eight years, uh, I would say that it has improved a lot. Uh, thanks to the local government um, and um, uh, a lot of uh, other uh, variables like um, the, the startups not only have improved in terms of their numbers, but qualitatively, I think um, 
these founders have matured and we have got some wonderful exits in the near past and uh, in the recent past. And uh, I think, uh, you know, the dream of making making it the most entrepreneurial city in America, which we call the Mecca, is not far. So I'm very hopeful and gung-ho-ish about the region. Well, good. That, that's exciting. Kashif, I, uh, I, I have to agree with you. I'm, I'm a transplant uh, as well. So have a kind of hopped in. Where skip. from? Where from? From Flagstaff, Arizona, originally. Wonderful. Thund- Thunderbird Flagstaff. is there. I right? used to be there, Arizona. Yeah. Yep, uh-huh. in Arizona. Yeah. And, um, and I really enjoy Kansas City. I think it's a pretty well-kept secret. So um, but uh, kind of bringing, bringing like your journey here in Kansas City, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your new startup, Air Traffic Awareness, and kind of like, um, A, what you guys are doing, and B, uh, how that fits into kind of the ecosystem here? Yeah, I mean, Air Traffic Awareness, again, you know, most of my startups, and I think it's, they are dreamlike. I mean, you know, it's, there is huge serendipity always involved. Um, so um, after that exit, which started in 2014 and um, final, fin- finalized in 2017, I, I had uh, a few bunch, uh, a few other startups in, in on the coast and uh, and on, in the south as well in Texas, but I was unable to um, capture anything locally, and it was you know kind of my desire always to give it back to Kansas City because the first one. I started, but I exited somewhere else. So it was a very cold winter night in November of 2019, not that far back, that I met um, uh, an acquaintance at that time and uh, who pitched me this uh, uh, company called Air Traffic Awareness. And um, they were looking for a CEO slash with the founding, legal founding status. And uh, I listened to the pitch and I was just bamboozled by the legs of it, meaning that the potential it had in coming out of, in, you know, in Kansas City area. Anyway, uh, moving forward, um, you know, a quick, uh, rapid, uh, you know, iteration, uh, you know, mental iterations. Uh, we went through like uh, the co-founders plus myself through different stages. We dated for about uh, three months and it was a distance rate dating. And it was, this is pre-COVID. So it was January of last year and even a little time before that in 2019. Um, I was away from uh, the area. I was in Texas and we kept and we worked on some um, small assignments like, um, you know, we participated in competitions and what have you. And voila, you know, we, we, we reached that uh, point where we decided to tie the knot. And uh, yeah, I take, I, and I give a lot of analogy between, you know, um, marriage and wedding and falling in love and dating all with my entrepreneurial world. I think it's the same. Um, so I not, the, those analogies will pop up in my conversation. So anyway, um, fast forward, um, I joined, uh, uh, you know, technically, first um, of January as a CEO and co-founder of this uh, startup called Air Traffic Awareness, which is based out of Kansas City, Missouri. Um, and it was uh, incorporated in April of 2019. But uh, it uh, came out of a school project at UMKC. Uh, the rest of the three co-founders uh, were students there. Um, when uh, one of the co-founders, Marwan, and big shout out to my team, obviously they're not on this podcast, but without them, this wouldn't have been possible. 
Marwan uh, was training as a private pilot in Lawrence, Kansas at that time. And he figured out that, you know what, flying a plane, a small plane, we're talking about general aviation, a small plane is just like driving a car, believe it or not. And uh, so when you are driving a car, you have to take care. And if you want to make a left turn, you have to, you know, with your naked eyes, look outside the window, check the rear view mirror, probably check the side view mirror and look through the windscreen. And you do it in like in a flash of a second, but you have to do it and uh, then make the turn. Similarly, believe it or not, when you are up in the air in general aviation, if you make a left turn, you have to do all that stuff. So, I mean, this is unbelievable. I didn't know that. I did not know that thing. So um, he, as, as he was a trainee pilot, he, he thought it's a, it's, a, it's a clear and present problem and there should be a solution to it. So he took that problem to his classroom where he was bunched with, um, because I think uh, they were not friends at that time. They were in the same class. They were just on that particular day sitting together. So the professor came to them and say, do you guys have a project? It was a, like a must, you know, mandatory project for the class. And Marwan said, you know, I have a problem. And the professor, okay, why don't you three of you work on this problem? And here you go. So it was uh, Cameron and Tonda Rye and Marwan. Um, all on the, the three uh, co-founders and, you know, they started working on this problem and they came up with a prototype, which became um, a super hit. You know, it was a, a great um, solution to uh, a clear and present problem. Um, and then, you know, UMKC is uh, University of Missouri, Kansas City is very, uh, good in, you know, um, their business school is pretty good in entrepreneurship and uh, they basically hunt sort of their own students and you know, persuade them to um, participate in their um, competitions, local competitions and promote them in uh, greater Missouri. And this is exactly what happened with ATA. They participated at one of the um, UMKC-wide competition, I think, they were on the podium as number three, the second one, they were number two, and the final one in Columbia, Missouri, uh, they stood out. They were the top team out of, uh, you know, um, a bunch of teams. I don't know how many there were, 15 or 20. So that being said, you know, they started thinking that maybe there is more to it, and uh, they were right. And so they incorporated, and they just, they were just happy students with a few dollars in their account, you know, thirty, forty thousand dollars and they were about to end. And then where I came in and I stirred up the things. Um, what we are solving, and I I checked on it because the product right now is to enhance your situational awareness. So this is when I gave the example of making a left turn or right turn driving, it's basically your situational awareness. You're checking on it, you're confirming on it, and then you take the next step. Similarly for pilots, uh, be it a helicopter or a small general aviation plane, you have to do the same thing. So being cognizant of your environment and being aware of your situation is super duper important. And this is exactly we are providing through a software solution uh, leading to a hardware solution in, 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 a, in few months to a year, perhaps. Um, that is the gist of the product. And the market is not uh, only what... Uh, 
I have described so far as general aviation. So my mind was racing when I heard about the solution and the problem because I thought, hey, you know, this is not only general aviation. Uh, drones are also there. Drones are flying. And they have a potential of collision as well. Not only drone versus drone, it's drone versus could be an airplane or drone versus a building or any installation. So this might help the drones. And then the flying cars. We are at the cusp of, you know, introducing flying cars in our lives. So this has a not only a potential market, which is right there, but another market, which is parallel and another market. So adjacent markets are available. And then my mind raised to another frontier, which some people call the final frontier. I disagree. It's only the next frontier, which is space, where satellites are being launched and they have the same issue of collisions. So basically, we are providing a system or a solution to avoid collisions in air and space. And, and how so do, that's that's what it is. Go ahead, Billy. How does the, the software and the hardware, how does it work? So um, there is uh, a new, so what happened in, so uh, I think this will also lead to some other questions, but this is good. Um, general aviation is a highly regulated industry and regulations pour in, if not daily or weekly, probably monthly, because safety is imperative. It is super important. Uh, nothing proceeds safety uh, than uh, uh, in, in aviation. So what happened was uh, we, were, we, we introduced our uh, product and the timing is perfect that 10 years ago, FAA mandated that every aircraft should be outfitted with a technology called ADSB, which stands for Automatic Dependent Surveillance Broadcast. Now, this was 10 years ago. We're talking about 2010. And it was a phasing mandation, like it will be completely mandated on 1st of January 2020, which was last year, the day I took over the charge at air traffic awareness. So the timing was, again, as I said, you know, a series of serendipities happened. That's why, you know, air traffic awareness is where we are at the moment. So what does ADSB do? This technology basically is replacing the secondary radar system in aircrafts. So rather than getting your positioning, the GPS of any airplane, it is, so it is airplane to airplane. So there is an ADSB out and an ADSB receiver transmitters. And I don't want to go into further technicalities because it can be a little confusing. But the bottom line is that, that from January 1st, 2020, every general aviation aircraft has to be outfitted with an ADSB out transmitter. Now, since it is being mandated by the government, it opens up a market for real-time applications compatible with every aircraft in the U.S. as an ADSB-in transmission. So what we are doing is that we are giving the pilots um, this knowledge of their plane vis-a-vis -vis other planes in the vicinity in different zones, which are color-coded from red, yellow, and blue, telling them that how far is a certain flying object. In this case, it can be a plane, it can be a helicopter, because those are the ones carrying the ADSBs at the moment. And they can talk to each other. So does that make sense? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's fascinating. And, and yeah. imagine kind of getting something started in such a heavily regulated industry is, a, I mean, it's an interesting, unique experience as far as entrepreneurship goes. And I'm kind of wondering how your, how your past experience has kind of prepared you for that endeavor. Well, I, 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 as I, know, I wasn't, this is my first startup in, within the aviation domain. Uh, my experience with the government uh, is a totally different, it was in a totally different um, area, um, you know, by training and by, uh, I was, uh, I'm a water, energy and food uh, specialist who worked for um, the executive branch, uh, branches in the, within the uh, political apparatus in Washington, D.C., but um, so um, I will say that I have zero leverage so far. Uh, I had no connection with the FAA with, for this startup. Sure. Uh, but if you, but as far as the mindset is concerned, it does help because we all, not all, but most of us have a consensus on, you know, the slowness of the government and the speediness of the entrepreneurial world. And they clash sometimes. And the classic example is uh, when we, like a decade ago, when we started having the ride-sharing programs, uh, like Uber versus the government, and then uh, Lyft versus the government. When they inter started introducing this you know, ride-sharing uh, concept, it was um, so much accepted by the people, by the customers, the, the, the regulations had to follow the product and the, or the service. So, but having said that, uh, and as a startup, uh, air traffic awareness and our product, which is by the way called SAGA, S-A-G-A, which stands for Situational Awareness for General Aviation. Um, at the moment, uh, since we are, so it's a mobile application, you can download on your um tablet or mobile phone and carry it in your pocket as a pilot, it does not need any kind of uh, permission from FAA. It is not part of the avionics or part of the plane. It does not increase the weight or change anything in the aircraft. And so this is another beauty of our product that we are basically giving a solution, which is, which is kind of going under the radar, under the ADSB of FAA regulatory framework. So the implementation is super fast. Perfect. My, I actually grew up flying planes with my grandfather. Um, and it wasn't until about five years ago that he, he bought an iPad. Um, Fantastic. And he started using, you know, his iPad for um, navigation and air. So, um, I'll, I'll point him your way and see. Yeah. So, that up. so you, when you say you started flying, do you fly as well, Billy? Um, I am not confident enough to tell you that I fly, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to tell you that I fly. Um, okay. I could, if I needed to though. Um, but yeah, no, I grew up flying. He has an airstrip at his house and planes at his house. So fantastic. I need your grandfather because we are looking for beta testers at the moment. And that's and that's very important, and it's uh, crucial for our product to be launched soon. Uh, we were looking, we are looking at the uh, looking at April 2021, 
but it all depends on uh, testing. So I think your grandfather can uh, help us out. Sure, sure. Well, I'll definitely follow up with you after this. Um, so, uh, Kashif, I, I, I have a follow-up kind of question on all this. And um, this is kind of just going back to, you know, being kind of it seems as though like a serial entrepreneur um, and kind of just getting in the room with other founders. Um, I, I find that, you know, it's, it's, it's often the serendipitous story of, well, I met so-and-so. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'm curious, like, like, how did you meet the other founders? And do you frequent these events or like kind of like how do you – how do you find new ventures to kind of go uh, to, to, I don't know, become your own, I guess. Right. Right. Great question, Alex. Um, I think um, it's uh, like, you know, serendipity can be created and obviously it is to be like to be at the right place at the right time. And these are like cliches and in the entrepreneurship world, I mean, these are being used time and again, but believe it or not, this is what happens. So yes, um, uh, as a parallel entrepreneur, you know, uh, with uh, a mindset of a polyhistor, you know, I'm interested in so many things and, you know, with the speed of things moving along, you know, you cannot wait on the next big thing. You have to move early to take advantage to ride the wave. Now it's, you know, you read, you read the right books, you read the right social media, and then you immerse yourself in the right networks, uh, be it uh, LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever you're subscribed to. And um, yeah, I mean, pre-COVID, I would, uh, you know, uh, go to different hackathons. And so, you know, entrepreneurs, what they say is like, you, you can be a creator, a builder and an operator, right? So first of all, you identify yourself. For the future founders as well. Now, there are some, you know, what we call casadas, like three in one. You can be a vanilla, strawberry, and chocolate, but can you really do justice? And if you look at the big and famous entrepreneurs, uh, you read their biographies, you will find that they will put themselves either as a creator or a builder or, in, or an operator. Uh, so, and you can wear these hats, but it cannot be done in tandem. It can, it has to be done one after the other. That's my two cents. So understanding yourself, like who you are, you basically, now, if you look for serenity, it is kind of like a little oxymoron, you know, yeah, you're creating, it's kind of artificial and not what have you, but you know, it's just like, you know, when you're looking, when you're ready to get married, you're dating, right? And so this is like what it is. And this is another thing, you know, and you, what it comes from the Silicon Valley is like you fail and you fail fast because life is short and you have to do so many things. So it's like speed dating. So you, you see potential, you uh, look at the vitals, uh, you, there are some very, uh, concrete vitals, which tells, you know, the health of a certain idea, but then there are some which will, which have, which are kind of floozy, you know, you, you cannot just put your finger on it. You say like, you know what? I just like it. I just like the idea. And those are like dreamlike ideas. Now so they can be you know, very big. And I think, so, you know, when they say entrepreneurs are dreamers, or entrepreneurship cannot be taught. Um, 
I think there is some truth to it, but I think you can hone your dreaming skills. You can hone your skills in a school, in a program, sitting with the right people. It gives you some kind of a vision just to understand. Because sometimes, you know, it happens to me all the time. You know, I, I have these dreams and I don't know what it was. It was a blurry image. What was it? So to clear out that image, to understand it better, I think you, you have to sit with the right people, read the right books, and involve with the right people, uh, right, you know, be in the right ecosystem. So, but uh, luckily with this all digitalization and uh, all this Zoom culture now prevailing, um, I don't want to say thanks to COVID, but it was inevitable. It has just expedited the whole, you know, online thing. You know, you can do anything from anywhere in the world. So um, coming back to your question, Alex, the short answer is when you're looking for something, when you think that you have an entrepreneur in you, which is ready to go and take up this world, you will find your way. It's just like any other endeavor in your life. You want to go to school, you start searching school websites first. And similarly, in the first POC or point of contact or, you know, inquisition, the flesh of the idea is like online and you will find, luckily in Kansas City area, you have some groups, some, um, some people who can guide you and uh, you can be part of it. Uh, when you were working in the government, were you thinking of business ideas? Like, have you always had this founder mindset? Yes and no. Uh, so proactively, no. Consciously, no. But unconsciously, yes. You know, I was. I will read uh, entrepreneurship. I, I, my first degree was in business administration, so I was exposed to this idea. Actually, my right out of school, uh, my business school, I did a startup, which is a nonprofit, and was very impactful in Pakistan, but. After that, there was like over a decade or so, I, I was uh, working uh, either for the government. I also have worked in the private sector for think tanks and for academia. Um, I think uh, I was, I did not know it. And even when I went to Singularity University in 2012, I still remember one of my mentors tell, told me uh, at graduation, that when you will go back to Washington, D.C., I had a, you know, a set job over there, you will probably quit because now you're equipped and uh, your mindset has changed. And that is exactly what happened. It took me four months four to months. resign. Wow. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He was right. I imagine going. He was absolutely right. Singularity you back to the government. I imagine you... Uh realized that it wasn't it wasn't for you it wasn't for me but i dealt able you know with with even after singularity but now since you know we all are learning that all governments they are becoming i mean they're more tuned to uh technology entrepreneurship what's happening what is next and they're trying to equip themselves because they cannot survive without being friends with the innovators, the inventors, the discoverers, the entrepreneur. So they have to keep up with the pace. I mean, I've seen a huge change, you know, uh, working for 
several think tanks that, you know, now, like even 10 years back, I think in Washington, D.C. and uh, uh, the top think tanks like Brookings and Carnegie Diamond or the Rand Corporation will never have anything tech-based or a division or any experts. Now they all have technology and policy as as a major theme and the funding is probably it's the lead funders within every organization so do you think that you're in a pretty unique position just because you are able to understand both of those worlds <laughs> yeah i think though i think i am in a very unique position um, um so we all talk about, we all are familiar with the private-public partnership. And I think this is where I bring a lot of my strengths because within not only private, but within the private, uh, I have a deep insight and experience uh, uh, in the startup world, which is like uh, sexier than the rest of the private sector, at least fancied more, though it has a huge failure rate. Uh, but uh, the next big thing is going to be coming out of a startup. It's uh, Hyperloop is not coming out of GE uh, or GMC or Ford, or uh, we are not going to space probably like the space travel is not going to be probably through NASA. It's going to be SpaceX or Virgin Atlantic or Virgin Galactic, I think it is, or it's going to be the Blue Origin. Origin blue, um, so that's uh, that's where it is. So yeah, I mean uh, Riley, I think uh, it's um, I do have I, I have a good nexus where I am, uh, you know, in my yeah, mindset sounds, and my experience. Yeah, sounds like it. Um, so we kind of like to bring in a few like short questions towards the end of the podcast. So what would okay. you say your you think are the top three trends for twenty twenty one? Well, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, to answer that, um, I think um, there you can, anybody can search online and they will probably pop up as artificial intelligence and machine learning together. And they will talk about robotics and some, some of those and, you know, but let me, let me confine myself and give me some time, Riley, on that one, because I think it is interesting and important and close to my heart, because as I'm dabbling uh, within the space of space and space of air and space, let me put it this way, I would say the three major trends, and they're important because it has certain reference to our region as well, Missouri, um, is, you know, uh, the transition uh, from uh, in within the um, mobility space. So I would pick three uh, major trends within that space. One is the Hyperloop. Uh, the other one is rocket travel. And the third one will be um, robotic avatars. And I would, you know, quickly go through Hyperloop. It's just that, you know, we, you know, we were one of the contestants for their certification um, center for uh, Virgin Atlantic, uh, to certify for Hyperloop, like Missouri from, I think, Kansas City to St. Louis was the destination, but uh, we lost to West Virginia. So that's our reference. But I think Hyperloop is currently working towards what, 670 miles per hour passenger pods, which is capable of zipping us, you know, from LA to downtown to Vegas downtown in say 30 minutes. Uh, that is something which is right around the corner. And I think, 
that is one trend to look forward to. And it's not a trend. The trend is like speed and uh, the physical presence of us as human species, how much we desire to be in multiple spaces uh, in uh, quickly, or maybe, maybe, maybe we want to be in multiple spaces simultaneously. And that is to come as well. The other one, and similarly, just on a you know bigger scale is the rocket travel. I mean, they think SpaceX Starship now, you know, which promises to deliver you almost anywhere on the planet, anywhere on the planet in under an hour, you know, from New York to Shanghai in 39 minutes. How's that? Yeah, and, that'd be pretty life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and with the 5G connectivity and hyper-realistic virtual reality and next generation robotics, you know, they continue their exponential progress. And that gives us, you know, this emergence of robotic avatars and it will, and, but nullify the concept of, you know, distance replacing human travel with immediate remote telepresence. And I can keep going on onto this avatars thing, because I think it is still nascent, more nascent than, um, Hyperloop and, um, and the rocket uh, travel. But I think this is, you know, a little world of avatars is just a little shy of the Star Trek transporters and the second life. And, you know, it is just completely mind boggling. Um, a few years back, I, I flirted with an idea of creating this uh, Professor Bhagawan for uh, an institution in India, Bangalore. Uh, and uh, it was pretty much this uh, avatar, robotic avatar concept. And the, and the professor is sitting here somewhere. And that time it was Princeton, New Jersey. And he's teaching a completely interactive session at this institution in Bangalore, uh, where he has a physical presence. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, those... Those ideas, um, I think, are the three top trends within air and space travel, air and space okay. region. Yeah. So, yeah, it sounds like you have big plans for 2021. Yeah, 2021 is, uh, should be bigger than 2020, 2020. I think uh, not to obviously mention, you know, the uh, with COVID-19 and um everything else around it. But I think uh, this is also kudos to the team of uh, air traffic awareness that uh, we held our ground. Actually, we were very productive. Our milestones, uh, I don't know whether you know it or not, we are an MIT enterprise forum uh, backed uh, uh, startup, which is uh, an incubator and the first one from this region ever in the history of that uh, organization. I think it started in 1978 or 79. So that was a big pat on the back. Uh, and we're in that program. Uh, we'll be graduating in May of this year, if we have another three to four months to go. Um, but apart, and then, you know, um, it's a patent pending technology, we're looking forward to our getting our patent this year, hopefully, um, third quarter uh, launches there, per, uh, as long as we get the beta testing and the all the pilots. And I just want to take this space this time to say that, you know, we're looking for pilots, if you go to our website at uh, airtrafficawareness.com or other social media like we're on Twitter and Facebook, you will find those links. And uh, we're looking for those pilots and immediately. And uh, you talk to us and uh, we'll make that happen. 
So as soon as that testing is over, we will be launching. And then, as I mentioned, the parallel markets of flying cars and drones, that's uh, next in line, that's a horizontal uh, you know, uh, progression. And then as a deeper dive, uh, we will be looking at a hardware solution, which is our real thing. And uh, for details, you can obviously check us out in on the website, like how does it look and what is it all about? We, we actually have a student on our team who's a pilot and he just bought a plane. So we'll make sure that he gets signed up with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Super interesting stuff you're working on. You have a podcast too, right? Yes, we do, actually. Um, uh, it's a different team. It's not an air traffic. It just started. It's uh, it's called offmass.com, O-F-F-M-A-S-S.com. Uh, this is another entrepreneurial story. Uh, there is no uh, monetization so far around it, uh, but uh, it is for fun. And uh, it started back in 2018. We recorded 10 sessions uh, didn't work out, same people, and believe it or not. So this is a story of resilience. The team came back. And um, so I was, one, I was the creator. And so I, the operator came to me um, 2020 and said, hey, we can make this happen. And there was some technology issues in 2018. That was the reason that we couldn't publish in uh, 2018. So he said that he, I figured it out, how to do this thing. And I, I said, okay, I'm only interested if we deliver, that if we get published and the deadline is 1st of January, 2021. And we did it. So, but it's a local, very local, uh, Lawrence-based, Lawrence, Kansas-based podcast. And yes, Kansas City, Missouri, and Overland Park, and all the areas are part of it. So it's Greater Lawrence podcast. And um, yeah, so three of us, uh, it's another, we have Tim, Bill, and myself. We do this podcast and check us out on uh, offmass.com. Perfect. Thank you very much again. Um, we wish you well. Thank you, Billy, Riley, and Alex. Thank you so yeah, thank much you. for having me. Thanks, Kashif. It was great. To learn more about air traffic awareness, visit airtrafficawareness.com or reach out to Kashif Hasni on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.